2: This is the Voice of Business, a podcast from the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, sponsored by Worcester Regional Airport, in partnership with the Telegram and Gazette.
1: From the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, this is Voice of Business. I'm Emily gowdy We're starting off today's show with Karen Rhodes, the Vice President of HR Solutions at Complete Payroll Solutions. Karen, how are you today? I'm well. How are you? Doing pretty well, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on The Voice of Business. My pleasure. Wonderful. So would you give our listeners a little bit of a speed date introduction to Compete Payroll Solutions?
0: Sure. So at Complete Payroll Solutions, we have three different divisions. Mm-hmm. One is an employee benefits division, so your traditional medical, dental, vision insurance Okay. and 401k insurance. Mm-hmm. The second is our payroll technology. So we have three different technology platforms for clients to use. Mm -hmm. And then I head up the HR consulting or outsourcing division of Complete.
1: Oh, wonderful. That's got to be a big department, that HR, and I want to get to it in just a second. But you mentioned something that I've never heard before, 401k insurance?
0: 401k plans. Plans, So administration and so on. Oh, perfect. Wonderful.
1: That lovely thought of, you know, money
0: when you get old, which is very important.
1: (laughs) Perfect. So can you tell me about what falls under HR Solutions in terms of the department that you head up?
0: Sure. Happy to do that. So the majority um, majority of our focus is compliance. So we're looking at federal and state legal compliance for companies. Typically, we start engagements with an HR assessment of the organization. So we're looking from 30,000-foot view on what's in compliance, what's not. Mm-hmm. Are there avenues for lawsuits from employees or from the federal level um, coming in? So OSHA. Um, It could be any of the the agencies coming in and and looking to find. OSHA is a bit more of like a technical position, maybe
1: someone on the line, maybe someone in manufacturing. Is there also OSHA for um, just more corporate environments, people who might sit at a desk?
0: Yeah, so OSHA is required by all companies. So there's a general duty clause. So when we talk about coronavirus, which is the... Uh, You know, obviously it's everywhere where everybody's talking about it and so on. There's a general duty clause that says the employer needs to provide a safe work environment for employees. Mm. So questions that come into play are, if someone is afraid to come into work, can you require them to come into work? And the answer is no. You can't require someone to come into a space or a work environment where they're afraid they may be injured or become sick or what have you. Sure. That whole issue with coronavirus is going to be um, a difficult path for employers to follow. There's lots of federal laws in place, Mm -hmm. privacy laws for employees, and so on.
1: Oh, wow. So you're really getting some calls right now about corona.
0: We are. We are. And we're releasing some information out to the public, sort of general Q&As on what people should do, what they shouldn't do,
2: Mm -hmm. how they
0: need to navigate. But they will need to check with legal counsel or with senior HR folks like my team to make sure they're handling it correctly. Of course. Of course.
1: Uh, the chamber actually on Friday put out some information for entrepreneurs, business owners in particular, but it'd be great to see what is also there for the employees in terms of guidelines and, and just general best practices. So if you'd like to share that with us, we'd be happy to, to get that out to our sure. people as well. Wonderful. So how long have you been in HR and what sort of drew you to this field?
0: Yeah, good question. So I've been in HR my entire career. So I started with large international HR uh, companies doing HR. Um, I then stopped for a while and raised my children. Mm-hmm. I got back in, started teaching oh. um, at a couple colleges and helping some small businesses. Mm-hmm. I ended up with a pretty large organization when the recession hit. Yep. And instead of hiring 500 to 700 people, we were laying off many thousands of people. Yes. And so as that... Uh, proceeded to happen, I noticed a lot of my senior HR professionals were being laid off, mm-hmm. and small businesses needed access to senior HR advice and guidance. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about this business line and working with a benefits broker at the time, we started to, we decided to open this business and mm-hmm. see what would happen. Mm-hmm. so the business took off and grew like crazy, which That's was great. wonderful and then the folks over at Complete uh, wooed me over to them a few years ago. <laughs> Um, To do the same thing for them and to start the business to help the clients navigate through all of these challenging issues in HR that we need to navigate through.
1: Wonderful. So a lot of our audience and our members are small mom and pop shops, maybe less than 10, definitely less than 20 employers, um, but have a well-known brand in the community are are well-known for their services, what have you, but they're too small to have an HR organization in terms of in-house, a representative, things like that. How mm-hmm. does Complete Payroll Solutions help to bridge that gap for organizations?
0: Okay, so we have a number of solutions to help them. Um, with the smallest engagement, $750 a year, mm-hmm. we give them access into a compliance library. Um, they could build their own handbook if they choose, and then they have access oh, to our senior mm-hmm. consulting team. So to me, $750 is is uh, pretty cheap insurance to make sure that an employee situation doesn't get out of control and a lawsuit develops. Mm. Uh, going up, we have um, other programs where we do that compliance assessment that I was sure. telling you about. Mm-hmm. So important to organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, Then we do custom handbooks for companies. So we're actually working with them using legal policies and making sure their practices are good. Mm -hmm. And then we have a top-level program where we add in management trainings, access to a recruiting platform, consulting hours, that sort of thing. But everything from recruiting to compensation plans to that compliance work, employee handbooks, a lot of training, management development. Yep, exactly.
1: And um, I mean, audience members, you can't see this, but I wrote down handbook because it's always better to have a personalized handbook, one that reads as personalized and and detailed to your company. So uh, instead of just saying, a person, it has that <laughs> that colleague's name, so you know exactly who to go to, and it's not sort of thirty thousand foot level; it's specifically down to your business. So that's a great service that you offer. Um, and as anyone coming into a new job. It's a really nice thing to
0: have. Yeah, so a lot of uh, employers don't understand how to build handbooks, Mm -hmm. and a lot of HR people don't understand how to build them either. And it's really making sure the employer is following best practices um, with their policies and how they roll it out to their employees. Mm -hmm
1: perfect. So um, if a business has been in place for, you know, any number of years, more than just the startup initial years, what's the best way to start to put together that handbook?
0: Great. So we actually do work with a lot of startups from Mm -hmm. the ground up, Mm -hmm. building that handbook for them. So we do have the option they can even build it themselves with the technology. Mm -hmm. They run the risk of putting in policies that are not legal or (laughs) not good practices. We don't want that. (laughs) We don't want that. Or working with our senior HR team, which will work them through help them through it and then build a compliant handbook for them. Perfect. Okay. So you've got all stages covered. We do. Nice. Um, I
1: understand that the businesses that you have as clientele number around 7,000, which is incredibly large. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yes. We're exploding with growth.
1: What types of industries are reflected, excuse me, therein?
0: We have all industries, Mm. from tiny, tiny companies, pizza shops, lawyers, (laughs) doctors, all industries. Perfect. And what's the footprint of those? Is it generally around the Worcester area,
1: throughout New England, national?
0: Northeast, generally. So Mm -hmm. generally from New Jersey, New York, all the way up the eastern seaboard. Oh, great. Uh, But we do have clients who have locations all across the country. So we're supporting them from wherever they are. Perfect. We've talked a
1: little bit about, a lot of it, about human resources um, in terms of handbooks and compliance. Can we talk a little bit about benefits and payroll, which are the other two major tenants that you offer in yes. terms of services?
0: Sure. All right. So we have an employee benefits division, mm-hmm. uh, they offer medical insurance, dental insurance. Um, vision insurance, and then ancillary products like life insurance, short-term disability, long-term disability, that kind of thing.
1: I love that it's called ancillary (laughs) products.
0: We also administer FSAs Mm -hmm. and HSA accounts for employers and employees. Uh, And then we have a 401k branch of that. Mm -hmm. So the 401k team is responsible for setting up the 401k or 403b plans, Mm -hmm. um, working with the employer on the investment elections, Mm -hmm. making sure that the payroll deductions are transferred over to the 401k sure. every time payroll mm-hmm. runs, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's headed up by my counterpart, John Stebbins. A oh, wonderful. Yeah. And so that they're, um, you know, they handle all world benefits. And okay. then in the middle, so our third division is our payroll technology. Mm-hmm. So we really are a tech company. Oh. And our technology, um, we're keeping up to date with like AI developments and so mm-hmm. on to mm-hmm. bring our employers the best in the field. So we are resellers of the technology. So our focus is customer service for our clients. Okay. So we work with Kronos, one of the largest oh, payroll yes. vendors in the, in the country, in the world, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, iSalt, uh, which is a new platform that we have been uh, bringing on and selling. It's beautiful design, mm. working really well for employers. Okay, And then um, ExecuPay. So ExecuPay is ma- mainly for small employers nice. that just need something very simple to run their payroll. Exactly. Yeah. Get that money out to those employees. Yes. Perfect.
1: <laughs> the reason why I went back to that question was because I was curious how uh, Complete Payroll Solutions sets itself apart. What's the... The gist in terms of we've got exactly what you
0: want and not, you know, the competition. Yeah, good question. So we, uh, I think, I think our strongest attribute is our customer service. Mm. So we uh, focus on that; it's very important to us. And we're right here in the Northeast. So we are not pulling out of the Northeast like some other companies have done. Mm-hmm. We're actually coming in. We've got thirteen offices all throughout the Northeast. Oh my gosh, that's so a lot. we want to be right there with our clients and not in you know Alabama or what have you. Sure, sure. Those phone calls where you have to call who knows
1: where is our... They're a little bit nerve-wracking when you've got an issue and you really want something. Yes. So it's great to know that you're right around the corner. Um, you mentioned across all industries. Are there any specific brands that you can give us as a little teaser as to who you work with in the area that we might recognize?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, our client information is confidential. Oh, but no. <laughs> okay.
1: Perfect. Um, well, let's just wrap up a little bit with how can people get in touch with Complete Payroll Solutions?
0: Great. So they can certainly call me. Uh, my number is four oh one three three two nine three two five or via email mm-hmm. K Rhodes, R H O D E S, at Complete Payroll Solutions dot com.
1: Wonderful. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being on the voice of business. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Emily. And welcome to the chamber. In just a minute, we'll be back after this short break with Grace Elton, the CEO of Tower Hill Botanic Garden. Hang on one minute.
2: Subscribe to Telegram.com to stay up to date on your business news from in and around central Massachusetts. And have that news delivered to your inbox every day by subscribing to our Business at Noon newsletter. Worcester is growing, and so is Telegram.com.
1: Welcome back to The Voice of Business. I'm Emily Gowdy Backus the Director of Communications with the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. And as the second guest in our show today, I have Grace Elton, the CEO of Tower Hill Botanic Garden. Grace, how are you doing today? I'm excellent. How are you, Emily? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. And I'm doing so much better because I have all of these pamphlets that have beautiful photographs of exactly where I want to be in this 65 degree weather. Yes, Tower Hill is just a gem to have in central Massachusetts. So thank you for doing such a good job there. <laughs> our pleasure. <laughs> so you have been on the show before. I think it's been about a
3: year since you've been here. Can you give me a little update as to what's been going on since we chatted last? Oh, gosh, so much. The garden has just been growing by leaps and bounds. And part of it is because of these wonderful brochures that you have in front of you. It's all <laughs> about our amazing programming. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, just thinking about the 65-degree day and these beautiful flower images that we're looking at, there's actually quite a lot blooming at the garden right wow. now. So I encourage everybody to come out and visit mm-hmm. because we've got witch hazels, we've got lots of our Ooh. snowdrops and crocus and minor bulbs. So now is the time of year when spring is really Ramping up and what about really those daffodils? I'm huge. Not yet. Fan. Not okay. yet. Wait okay. on the daffodils, maybe another month, or maybe a little bit mm. longer. Than, probably a little bit longer than that. But um but they are starting to come t- to come up. They're little emerging, little, mm-hmm. but there'll be no mm-hmm. blooms until, right.
1: until well, late we can in come the spring. multiple times. Yeah. And the dogs yeah. can come, of
3: course. And the dogs can come, yes. Our dog hours are still extended to all of our open hours. Oh, so you can bring your dog on all of our trails and uh, they're just not allowed in the formal gardens. Mm-hmm. But um mm-hmm. but I actually had my dog out at the garden yesterday on Sunday, and uh, and and she had a really good walk through the woods. Oh,
1: that'll be fun. Yeah. Okay, Cricket will love it. Yeah, sorry, audience <laughs> listeners, you know Cricket, she gets. Outdoors, not enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about a few more larger projects that are going on. Mm -hmm. I've been Mm -hmm. seeing on social that there's a little bit of hints here and there about big capital projects inside the uh, facilities that exist and new facilities. So can you talk about that?
3: Sure. Well, I think, um, first of all, the reason that we're doing all of these improvements and expansion of of a couple things that I'll explain, uh, it's all because our our gardens are getting a lot of notoriety, and all mm-hmm. of our programs are bringing in so many people that we really were outgrowing ourselves. So in the last five years, we have doubled our annual visitation. Oh, my gosh. Yep. It's 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 really incredible. Um, our private events have really exploded. Um, we offer really great venues for business meetings during the day, um, events at night, as well as wonderful wedding venue. Mm-hmm. So I really recommend um, people look at our website, towerhillbg.org, to find out how you can bring your company to the garden. Um, also, we are now offering holiday parties um, okay. for businesses, so you'll get um, admission to our night lights as well as a really beautiful spread that's done by our, our catering partner, Peppers. Uh, artful events.
1: Oh, it's really good food. Yeah. And now's the time when you want to start booking the next holiday
3: season. Yep. Yep. Start, start booking it. We're actually going to offer, um, a little bit bigger, of an event venue for holiday parties than, um, than last year. So really we can accommodate, um, probably quite a few of the businesses Mm -hmm. that the chamber, um, that are chamber members. So, so definitely book, uh, book those, uh, uh, coming up soon. So, Lots and lots of growth, yep. doubled visitation. So, of course, we're having problems with our parking lot. We are totally outgrowing yes. our parking lot. We mm-hmm. have 170 acres, so we can fit a lot of people on site on our mm-hmm. trails and our formal gardens. But uh, but the pro- the limitation is really our, our parking. So part of our capital projects this year will be doubling the size of our parking lot. And actually, we're going to have a little more than double. So That's great. we'll have about 550 parking spaces, wow. room for buses, and, um, and a lot more um, Handicap accessible parking oh, lots, right. spots as okay. well. And we're really committed to universal design, which means we don't have the option for able-bodied people and then a secondary option for people on wheels. I see. Everybody experiences the garden in the same way. Mm -hmm. So we're actually removing all stairs from the parking lot to the front door of our visitor center. So you'll see a lot of changes with Mm -hmm. some of our our main staircases going away Mm -hmm. and um, more wide and not as steep um, entry Ramps going from the parking mm-hmm. lot all the way up to the front door, so that universal experience for everyone. We're really dedicated to that's we're really, really wonderful,
1: and I yep. bet you'll be even more, you know, welcoming more people mm-hmm. in terms of. Making this a universally accessible mm-hmm. uh, destination. Speaking of the notoriety, that story in the Times about the um, the apple orchard that mm-hmm. must have gotten a lot of people to come out in a time around the fall when when you know mm-hmm. your visitors
3: must be going down a little bit just because of the cold weather. Yeah, you know, it's um, we were we weren't sure how people would would take it because mm-hmm. what we had to do was remove all apple trees mm-hmm. at Tower Hill. But don't worry, there is a silver lining if you were able to read the story. Yep. Um, You'll know that the reason that we remove the apple trees is because of a disease called fire blight. Mm -hmm. Now, this is normally a southern disease. But with climate change, we are seeing a lot over the last 10 years, especially we've seen a lot of warmer nights. And um, the conditions were just really perfect for this fungal disease that didn't affect our apples um, so severely in the past. Mm -hmm. So uh, we knew that our apples, which are heirloom varieties, Mm -hmm. it's 119 different varieties that you really can't find anywhere else um, except for a few people that we've shared them with. <laughs> um, you can actually share apples pretty easily. You take a, a cutting of the, the new growth. It's called scion wood. You graft it onto um, rootstock that's resistant to different uh, pests and diseases and correct for the climate. And then you have trees that you can share. So cool. So um, so these are really rare plants. And in order to preserve them, what we had to do was take those cuttings, take that scion wood for, from every tree. We've got an expert um, called Fedco Trees mm-hmm. up in um, up in Maine. They're growing the scion wood on. They're going to graft them onto rootstock that's really resistant to fire blight. And then in 2021, we'll replant the whole orchard back at Tower Hill. Oh, my so, gosh. So now it's it's a bare hill as you, you drive up the, the entry drive, a fuller drive to the gardens. But don't worry. It'll only look like that for a year. And then next year in 2021, we'll replant.
1: I was going to say, everything takes time to evolve. There are different yep. stages. Things happen. So mm-hmm. that's great. You're not. You're going to be apple list for like a couple months. Yep, not And then too you're going to go right back.
3: And the good news is that there will be a bunch of extra trees. So we'll be <laughs> able to sell them in our plant sale. So you can actually take home oh one God. of these really rare heirloom apple varieties. that, And imagine. it's just, they taste so different. And they're just um, these really, really unique, wonderful varieties that you won't be able to find in the store. So you can actually grow them yourself.
1: Wonderful. Oh, that's
3: so great. And it's a way to have a piece of Tower Hill at your home. Yep. Yep, Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: Speaking of evolution, how do you feel like the strategy and the mission behind Tower Hill has evolved and maybe not changed focus, but developed since you came on, I think it was about five years ago now?
3: I've been at the garden about three years. Three years. Yep, um, um, April 4th is my three-year anniversary. Congratulations. I really can't believe that it has already been (laughs) three years. It is... in some ways, I feel like I've been here forever because we've accomplished so much in the exactly. last three years. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I just—it's flown by. I mean, I <laughs> guess that means you're having fun when <laughs> when time flies. So, um, so the the mission of our our garden really goes back to the mission of the Worcester County Horticultural Society. We are about 178 years old, and um, and uh, thank you for the prompt. Emily has it written out the our our current mission, but uh, it's always been about. Connecting people with plants, mm-hmm. and um, and we've really brought our community into mm-hmm. it recently. So about six years ago, the Worcester County Horse Society in Tower Hill established a new mission, which is to inspire the use and appreciation of horticulture to improve lives, enrich communities, and strengthen commitment to the natural world. And it's funny that um, this mission has served us very well over the last six years because it's taken the 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 wonderful bones of, of the garden mm-hmm. and um, and the the wonderful layout. Uh, that John Trexler worked so hard on for his uh, the bulk of his career, and it added more of a human element to it. So we're taking that fabulous horticulture, the great design, and then making sure that we're really being um, uh, we're being relevant to our community, and making sure that we're teaching horticulture in the way that people um, and that people want. That's trendy. That's mm-hmm. exciting. And we're really pushing the envelope in some ways. We're oh, doing absolutely.
1: It. You're a garden and you've got, I'm not going to call it graffiti, but like beautiful murals that you spray paint all across your current shows, which we will talk <laughs> about later. I want to definitely touch on. Okay. But it's not like you're going to, you know, your grandmother's little um, garden society party with tea and something, which you can get all of those things you can. at Tower Hill. Yep. But it's a really engaging space now that is a little bit of a destination in the area, because I'm sure you're drawing people from outside of Central Mass, but definitely something that my husband and I go to all the time with Cricket. That's our dog. Uh Um, And I I think it's just a wonderful way to get out and to learn.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we, um, you know what? Tower Hill can be many different things to, to different people. Mm-hmm. Some people want to come and just relax. Some want to come and meditate. Some want to learn about nature and, and connect with nature. And then some really want to get down to the horticultural topics and mm-hmm. learn, you know, um, the the right gardening techniques, how to prune trees, um, the right perennials, design. They want to help focus on health and wellness, where through our yoga programs and through forest bathing and forest bathing with your dog actually is a thing too. You should bring cricket. So I'm gonna need a,
1: a definition. <laughs> on forest
3: bathing. So forest bathing is basically a, a meditative hike through nature. Oh. It's if, you know, my husband and I are, we're always hiking with our dogs. We're all, you know, we spend a lot of our time outdoors, <laughs> um, but not everybody is comfortable outdoors and not a lot of people um, really, you know, know how to connect with nature. So mm-hmm. it's a guided walk and um, and you actually get introduced to a tree and you uh, spend some time by yourself Thinking, and then um, you share as a group and those mm-hmm. kind of things. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think walking in the woods with my dog would be very meditative because <laughs> she's a little bit of a maniac. Um, when she sees squirrels, she's not quiet and oh. it's not peaceful. But uh, but apparently, other dogs are more beh- well behaved than mine, and uh, it can be a great experience.
1: And I would definitely say there are some people who need an introduction to the forest. Oh, so absolutely. that's a really good idea. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they're coming from you know Worcester, where there are green spaces, but yeah. this is a super green space. Yes,
3: yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of our other um, major capital projects that we're doing this year, in addition to the parking lot and mm-hmm. all the, the ramps up to the visitor center, um, the, the most exciting thing is a children's garden. Oh. And that'll be an acre and a half outdoors um, just to the north of our current um, developed gardens. And it's a space for really kids and families to connect to nature because so many kids and adults are connected to their screens and their devices. yes. And this is a way to remind them, hey, you're a part of nature. And uh, there'll many, be many opportunities for learning in nature, both as, um, as groups and kind of a discover on your own mm-hmm. with your family mm-hmm. um, or as an individual. So we're really, really excited about that.
1: What goes into the design of a kid's garden? Like just really bright flowers and things you can interact with?
3: You know, it's it's very similar to what you'd find in the rest of the garden, okay. um, but it's kid scale. So, um, um, and there'll be things like um, an area of uh, they're called loose parts. So it's you know think building blocks and those kind oh, sure. of things. You know, kids <laughs> like to create things. They're really creative. You mm-hmm, know, we don't mm-hmm. give them a lot of credit for um, for the creativity they have sometimes, and um, and for their their they're just wanting to manipulate the environment around them. They want to learn, they want to understand and we're going to provide them opportunities to build things, um, to interact with water features. We've Mm -hmm. got a little waterfall and a pond. Um, We also have an area for stone stacking and um, one of my favorite features will be the Ramble um, Stumpery which is a uh, it's an area where we've got logs laying down and then trees that are kind of affixed into these climbing structures so think jungle gym but all made of very naturalistic material so it looks like you may have just stumbled upon a bunch of trees that have fallen in interesting ways and you can climb all over them (sighs) so our children's garden uh, in uh, the total thing will be called the ramble and we hope it will be a wonderful experience of rambling paths leading you through different um, exploratory experiences that will
1: be so fun and it's nice that they can touch things because I'm sure if you're walking through there's a beautiful blossom and a kid wants to like snap it up half the time I want to snap it up and you really can't so this is great this is wonderful All right. So we are going to be back in just a minute to talk about the programming that is going on at Tower Hill. And there's a lot of it. So hang on.
2: As the voice of local business, the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce works hard to foster a dynamic environment of entrepreneurship and economic success. Our members benefit from a broad portfolio of services, including advocacy, economic development activity and programming efforts. Is your business a member? Check out more at WorcesterChamber.org or on social media at WorcesterChamber.
1: Welcome back to The Voice of Business. We are rounding out today's episode with Grace Elton, the CEO of Tower Hill Botanic Garden. And Grace, I want to start this one off by saying Gnome-vember was (laughs) the best idea in marketing I've ever seen. And I'm curious how many gnomes you got. For people who don't know, this was a... um, Short borrowing period of garden gnomes, in which they were placed throughout the uh, 170 acres Uh at Tower Uh Hill, and you got to go and look at them, and it it was a lot of fun. Um, How did did
3: that (laughs) happen? You know, some some events we spend so much time, and we grow these really interesting plants, and we're trying to, you know, give you a really horticultural wow. And it takes so much effort. And then sometimes you just put out over a thousand gnomes in the garden and it's one of the biggest hits you have all year. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, whatever gets people out to the garden to experience nature and to really know that we exist and that we have so many other things to offer, I'm all about it. That's fine with me. So we had over a thousand gnomes. Oh my goodness. And um, many of them were donated. Some of them we purchased and we just put them all over the garden. And we asked people to go see how many gnomes you can find. And we had little worksheets and we thought it was going to be a kid activity, but so many adults took one of the worksheets and counted all the gnomes and came back and said, can I have my sticker? Because I, I found so many <laughs> gnomes. It was so funny. So, Oh, my gosh. You must have gotten
1: yeah. so many Instagram hits on that, too. Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was it, social media was, uh, yeah, it was a very social media friendly. Is it going to make it into the calendar this year? Um, that's to be determined. I can't let you know. That time, but but yeah, I think so. We have quite a stockpile of gnomes now, so I don't know what else we would do with them. I bet they yeah. would fetch a good price at the uh, the plant sale. Yeah, yeah, yep, probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, speaking of the orchid show is always a wonderful time at Tower Hill, and that's going on right now. But it looks way different than normal because you've taken in an artist who has put up spray paint, um, neon colors, beautiful colors to match the orchids, um, just murals. to. Can you? I'm not doing a very good job of describing what it looks like. Can you help me here?
3: So we wanted to look at um, a, a few things with our orchids. You know, orchids are from tropical places mostly. Um, they exist in many different continents. We actually have quite a few native orchids here as well. So we wanted oh. to highlight this really exciting plant group that many people actually have now in their homes, you mm-hmm. know, you can you can easily buy phalaenopsis, the moth orchid, in the grocery store, right? So, and I'm going to give you a little a little tip. Yes. Um, most phalaenopsis, when you buy them in the grocery store, the tag says water them with three ice cubes a week. Mm. Do not do that; that okay. will kill your orchid. Okay. So this is this is my little um, public service announcement here of about orchids. Um, orchids like to be watered heavily, so mm. put them under your sink. Okay. Water them under the, the running faucet until the the roots that you can see on the surface of the pot turn bright green then you've watered them enough do not water them with with ice cubes that's not how Mm -hmm. they exist in nature so anyway thank you off the ice cube soap soap box um so we wanted to highlight this really incredible plant group and we've done orchid shows in the past with um orchid societies and those kind of things but this one is a little different this one isn't a judge show uh you can't um Purchase orchids from the society, you can purchase them in our in our gift shop. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the sale, we will be selling some of the orchids um, that have finished blooming. Um, at the at the end, you can look on our website and social media for those dates. I believe it's August 9th, or sorry, April. Yep. April 9th. April 9th. Yeah, not August. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking to summer already. Um, so April 9th, we'll be having a kind of a leftovers plant sale. And um, right now we're all about showing really interesting orchid varieties and also um, kind of art with orchids Mm -hmm. and thinking of the art of an orchid and how, how artistic it is and how photogenic it is. We also wanted to highlight um, some street art with this. So we teamed up with Pow Wow Worcester. Which is a great organization. Great organization. And they suggested um, one of the 2019 muralists um, who goes by, by the, the name of Croc. And he de- he developed a um, a really great mural in one of our elementary schools, and it has a rocket and it has a really inspirational quote. So we just thought it would be um, the right kind of subject matter for mm-hmm. Tower Hill. So he has created a couple different things. Um, the The real showstopper is this giant purple mm-hmm. face that he has named Eden. Mm-hmm. So it's a woman's face. She's beautiful and she's about twenty feet tall. Her face, and she's in the um, and lemon eye and her hair is orchids and ferns.
1: I know, I've seen this. Oh, she's of it, so cool. So I'm going to have to come this weekend. She's stunning. Um, oh, that's just a great... First of all, it's a great opportunity to show off orchids paired with the art, like you said. Uh-huh. But secondly, coming from a social media manager point of view, everybody wants to have that on their Instagram. Oh, my gosh.
3: Yeah. And she's, so. she's just so... She's so photogenic. And then in person, she's even more dramatic because she is so giant. <laughs> and then he created um, a number of canvases that that run down our Milton Gallery, which mm-hmm. is the hallway that um, connects the Orangery and the Lemonaya, the two conservatories. And um, it's a lot of words that have to do with plants. Sure. So um, bloom, grow, um, you know, a lot of different things. And he, he, I don't know if he was trying to suck up to me, but he also wants his grace. So... I love That's it. Nice. Yes, it's very exciting. Yeah, so it was really fun to work with him. He was such a pleasure to work with and such a professional and so creative. And uh, we've got a really great video running of his design process as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So now, it's been a lot of fun. That runs through March 31st. Uh-huh. And with that partial sale on April 9th between uh-huh. 2 and 4 p.m., yep. let's open up this calendar that we both have in front of us and you can pick up at the chamber and talk about what's coming. Because it says hello, spring, and
3: yes, hello, spring. Hello, spring. I can't wait. So, hello, spring is our celebration of spring. It starts April 1st and runs through May 31st. Mm-hmm. And quite a few of our, our more traditional plant shows and sales are happening during this time. Um, we've got everything from dahlias to daffodils, mm-hmm. African violets, and our really popular uh, rhododendron show, which is in its second year this yeah. year. So, all of that is crammed into two months. We're really, really excited. I feel like that's an unsung hero, the rhododendrons. Oh my gosh. They are just so dramatic. And it's a really, really just fantastic plant because it's evergreen. So if you need some green in your life in the winter, like I do, I'm sure you all do as well. Um, it's just a, a really great anchor for your for your New England garden. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that I wanted to point out here is the Cannabis Lecture Series. One, because it's a hot topic that's been a hot topic for mm-hmm. a few years now. Two, we have a couple uh, cannabis Companies as members, who I'm sure would greatly benefit from this. And three, I'm just curious because, you know, growing up in the '90s, this was taboo, and now we're all about learning and embracing the cannabis. So, what's going on here?
3: Well, I'm really excited to be highlighting a plant of great interest. True, plan. it is a plant. A horticultural institution should be talking about this plant, and we're taking a very scientific lens, of course, and we're looking at. The plant itself. We, you know, however you use the plant and the products that you create, that's a different lecture series that belongs in a, you know, another right. industry. Yes. But we um, are seeing a lot of interest since it is legal to grow it. We want to give people the right information because we are a horticulture institution and we teach practical horticulture anyway. Mm-hmm. So we started um, on March eighth this past weekend, and um, and it'll be a five week series every Sunday um, from 1.30 to three thirty, and um, it runs through April fifth mm-hmm. so it's um, it's really great because we cover everything from um, this weekend's lecture was on genetics and taxonomy mm-hmm. I am a CEO now but I'm traditionally a horticulturist I'm <laughs> trained in plant science I love taxonomy I love this was the super geeky lecture and it was incredible everyone who the, the really interesting questions that came out taxonomy. From the group. That's the study of so it's all about how um, plants are related to each other how they're oh, named that's sure it, so the nomenclature, yes. so the mm-hmm. botanical um, names you know it's it's interesting cannabis is a genus um, so many people are saying a botanical name and they don't even realize that they're you know using a more scientific Look at that. Um, nomenclature than than they probably realize so mm-hmm. so uh, we talked a lot about um, the genetics of the plant as well and a lot of the breeding and and um, things like how they're uh, breeding feminized seeds. So you get only female plants. Sure. As you know, the, the mm-hmm. female plant, you're harvesting the, the um, unpollinated female flower bud. Mm-hmm. Um, male plants, um, you don't want in your crops because they're going to pollinate the females and form seeds. So you can't harvest those unpollinated flowers. And um, we talked all about things like that and That's different fun. techniques to to really getting those. It was really interesting. We were also talking about um, the chemical compounds um and cbd and thc and how um how those compounds are formed and even about uh about why it has that really strong smell so and all the genetics behind that and uh it was just you know we're taking it from a scientific and horticulture perspective, and I think that's what makes this lecture series very different. Um, Next weekend on the 15th of March, it's the horticulture. So if you want to know how to grow it, come to that section, (laughs) then... Then uh, we're then we're covering hemp um, ethnobotany, which is um, how people in different cultures use plants. Oh, that's sure. Ethnobotany. Okay. And then um, the evolution of, of cannabis on April fifth. And
1: you've got some really great speakers on here. You had UConn uh, mm-hmm. on the eighth. You know, you've got Harvard and a bunch of uh, UVM as well. So that's that's really great. And I yep. appreciate Tower Hill broaching this subject because I feel like it's important to know then not have some sort of stereotype. And once you learn the plant science behind it, Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to know that word, um, it's much more appreciated. Yes, uh, I agree. Awesome. And Tower Hill is also known as a place where you can go and see art. So what's coming up in terms of exhibits outside
3: this Oh, my gosh. So we have a really, really exciting uh, outdoor exhibit. Um, this year, as we were talking about in the first segment, is a year of construction. So mm-hmm. part of the garden will be under construction um, through mm-hmm. the end of the calendar year. So we really wanted to highlight the parts of the garden that will be open to the public, which is most of the formal garden. Mm-hmm. And um, to do that, we're actually bringing in an internationally um, known landscape artist and landscape designer Gary Smith. Now Gary is the the artist and designer that is designing the children's garden, the Ramble. Mm. So we wanted to bring him in as kind of a teaser of what some people might see in the Ramble. So Gary has done um, environmental art exhibitions and this is Large-scale outdoor exhibitions made from materials found or harvested on site. Mm-hmm. So it might be um, when uh, in the fall we actually harvested quite a few of the grasses from our meadows, mm. and he'll be bundling the grasses and braiding them and doing interesting things with them um, to develop some large-scale exhibitions with
1: that. Oh, that's great um, that you can take the materials that would have otherwise just been you know harvested, maybe composted, yeah, and use them for this material. Oh, that's so
3: cool. Yeah, that's exactly what he'll be doing. He'll also be doing a little teaser of what people will see in the stumpery with these upside down trees and um oh, cool. and really interesting climbing structures and he'll do a little mini um stumpery and uh what he calls the walking tree. So it'll look like kind of these for adults know, too. Yeah. Question
1: mark. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah.
3: Yep. These are all for adults in <laughs> and really all
1: ages. We do love the kiddos. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about April vacation week. Mm-hmm. You've got that booked for people thankfully. And a Lego terrariums workshop. That's just the dream.
3: <laughs> well, what could be more exciting than building a Lego you know, creation as well as terrariums, which are so popular yes, right now? Yeah. So we try to uh, look at trends, look at what people are are really responding to, and also things that might bring new audiences into the garden. Mm-hmm. So, um, so during April vacation week, which is Saturday, Saturday, April 18th through Thursday, April 23rd, we've got all kinds of events going on. Some of them are drop-in programs some are pre-registered okay. so if you go on our website towerhillbg.org mm-hmm. you can um, see the full uh, listing of our programs and register for things and if you're not a member of Tower Hill already I really encourage you to join because most of these classes that um, that aren't included with mi- admission you get a good discount oh, good. on if you're good. if you're a member so it really pays for itself after you know just a couple classes
1: Speaking of bringing in new audiences to Tower Hill, Is the beer night coming back on The beer night
3: is coming back. Ah, Good, good. So um, in June, July, and August, we are continuing our Free After Three uh, series. Mm -hmm. And basically, we turn the winter garden into a beer garden. We uh, partner with local breweries who... who uh, will have all of their good microbrews. We also have wine available and Peppers Artful Events uh, manages the beer garden and so you know the food is going to be fantastic. They had a lot of really fun um, bratwurst and uh, pretzels and, and that good stuff as well as our full restaurant will be open which they, which they manage as well. So we've got um, lots of games for families. It's a very family friendly event mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. come on out and play some games, learn about the garden and it's free. So uh, we waive admission from three to nine p.m. Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, thank you so much. Yes,
1: absolutely. Um, all right. So, as Grace mentioned, if you are not already a member of Tower Hill, you should definitely consider that, especially as the temperature rises and people just want to be outside. Sixty-five mm-hmm. degrees outside. Hopefully, you are listening to this with the window down or just outside in an Adirondack chair. And there is a new member orientation on Tuesday, okay. May nineteenth, at five thirty. So you can find out more at Tower Hill BG org yep wonderful dot right. party and um, Grace anything else you'd like to add?
3: Oh, gosh, I just, I hope if you haven't visited Tower Hill before, please come out and, and visit. There's so many things going on this spring, really throughout the whole year. And if you're one of our loyal members, thank you all so much for supporting the garden. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. So your admission, all your um, your registration fees for any of these classes, um, annual fund donations, it all goes to supporting our mission. We do give a lot of the garden away for free. We we have um, quite a few classes Um um, and um, groups that come in to learn at mm-hmm. the garden. And so we're all about connecting people with plants and we can only do that based on our supporters. So so thank you so much. You're
1: welcome. Help Tower Hill grow. And if you need any more information, Tower Hill B... Oh my gosh, I'm going to get it wrong now.
3: <laughs> can you help me, Grace? Towerhillbg.org.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> all right. This has been the Voice of Business. Thanks everybody for listening. Catch you next week.
2: You've been listening to the voice of business, a podcast from the Worcester regional chamber of commerce sponsored by Worcester regional airport in partnership with the telegram and gazette.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of, uh,